This is David Marler, UFO researcher, and you're listening to That UFO Podcast. I'd like to thank Blendjet for sponsoring this episode at a time when many of us are certain more than ever top secret technology is being hidden from us by our own governments. One private contractor is leaving the hangar door wide open. The Blendjet 2 is the pinnacle of portable blending technology. Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blend Jet 2 is whisper quiet so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. That's a real benefit for me. Lasts for 15 or more blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. You can choose from over 30 colours including Royal Blue, Glacier and Slate. All very stylish. Many of you have already been in touch telling me you picked up a Blendjet 2 and love it. So thank you for supporting the podcast and getting yourself a cool bit of tech. If you haven't yet, what are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today and be sure to use the promo code THATUFO12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code THATUFO12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. My name is Andy and I am joined for a look back and a look ahead at the last few weeks and the next few weeks in the world of UFOs uh, by Dan, all the way out in Colombia still. Dan, how are we? Hello, hello. I'm fantastic. Thank you so much. It feels like a while since we've done this. It probably has been. It's uh, been a bit of a mizzy, mizzy month. It's mizzy been month. It's been a busy day. It's been a busy day and a busy month. It's been a busy day, a busy couple of weeks, busy couple of months. Um, your travels have settled down a bit now, and we'll we'll finish off talking about you know what's kind of happening with you and um your your kind of final part of your journey that you've you've been waiting on. Obviously, we've been away for a while. Folks will know by now you've been in Mexico, Colombia, um, living it up uh, with the cockroaches and the ants, if people <laughs> follow you on social media. Uh, but yeah, um, getting right into it, Dan. Listen, um. I want to look ahead because it was a quieter march. Hence, there's been no real need for a breakdown. There could have been some shows. I could have done one of the solo ones and stuff, but there was nothing really to shout about because it just seemed to go really quiet for a month. Ross Coulthard even mentioned that when I spoke to him. Um, Social media was the usual, either people arguing or kind of sharing the same kind of things maybe happening. And the big talking piece was... Congressional hearings may be happening in April. Now, people might be listening to this thinking, yeah, but they've been saying that now for ages, and people have. All I'll say is, to be fair, the same voices maybe have been saying the same stuff for a long time, and they keep moving things down the line. A lot of people have said April slash May was the time, realistically, that these things would probably happen and get off the ground, which is why I think it's fair to kind of talk about it now. I stay away from, and I know you do as well, Dan, the, oh, we have heard lots of big things are coming this month, then when it doesn't happen, it's easy to go, oh, well, yep, things change and it moves down the line. But that doesn't just happen with UFOs. That happens in all walks of life and reporting, sports, you know, wrestling's famous for it and such. So it's fair to say that there is a chance that we do actually get some movement this month. Um, Dan, 
UFO hearings, are they going to happen first off this month? Something in my in my intuition says no for this month. Um, I, I know Katie Holland reported that there's only two weeks this month that they can actually take place, which is the last two weeks of the month. Um, yeah. Because the Senate is in a recession, I think they call it, recess. They're all going out recess. for a yeah. while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're pressed for time. But a few people on social media have contacted the offices of different kind of committee members, um, you know, from the Armed Services Committee, different reps offices um and they've all said that they're aiming for april and some of the people contacted were offices that we we you know we haven't heard the name of um these senators before so they're not kind of on the front lines of, of asking for these hearings so it's fair to say that even if the hearings don't happen this month there is interest in them happening for sure and interest in them happening from people who are more casually kind of related to this instead of you know have their name on the bill and that's April 2023. Just April, checking, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're hopeful of April. Uh, hearings this uh, April, this April would be what we're looking at. Okay, that that's fair. Um, and it is a bit of a guessing game. And I think there's people reaching out for comment. And I don't know what they expect to hear uh, f- directly from, you know, DOD, Congress and such, other than we're not going to tell you anything. I, again, I get a little bit confused sometimes as to what people actually or what even I expect to happen in hearings, what we're not going to get, and correct me if I'm wrong, is when we had the UFO hearings that were live on YouTube last year on the, the congressional channel, wasn't it? The official... I mean, that's a hell of a thing anyway, right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, it was. And I think that was probably where we were spoiled in this day and age with that happening. Um, whatever people thought of it, it happened. But we're not going to get that. It's not going to be like a live stream. It's not going to be hearings out in public, is it? This is something that's more than likely going to happen behind closed doors. And is it likely, if it does happen in that way, that we hear about it after the fact? Or is it going to be announced beforehand, do you think? Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. The the hearings that we're hearing about strange sentence um but yeah, yeah. you know we we have we have some people kind of saying that folk from the legacy UF, uap programs have come forward uh already to talk about these things kind of behind closed doors so if they're talking classified information then yeah you're right it's not going to be a public setting whatsoever if there is another public hearing it's more than likely going to be similar to what we saw with mm-hmm. a bunch of gamesmanship and the big talking point coming out of it being that they didn't know the shortcuts for frame by frame on VLC Media Player or Windows. I knew Media you were Player. going to say that. I knew but you were going to say thing, that. Right? Yeah. Like that's the takeaway. Um, it's incredible that we had UFO hearings broadcast live on YouTube, but the only thing you know pe- people took away was that they can't use their computers. Um, we we really need them to step up. And the psyop worked. Dan. That's <laughs> what I'm going to right. say. Exactly. They got you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but they, there was an interesting comment from from Lou um, in Liberation Times because Lou, uh, Lou, sorry, from Luis Elizondo, ex-director of the uh, <laughs> Pentagon's ATIP program. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, and Lou said, let's not forget that Moultrie's office is the same office for which I worked in the past. It is the same office that continuously lied about this topic to Congress and the American people and is the same office that persecuted whistleblowers. Now, Moultrie is one of the people who was present during that hearing, being mm-hmm. asked questions and kind of given the answers. So in, in a way, I remember watching and kind of thinking, you know, 
this is a, a guy that's kind of getting on in years and he's probably got 15,000 things to remember that day and he's being asked about UFOs and yeah. he, he clearly wants to kind of get through to lunch, you know. That's um, fair. But after that comment from me, I'm a bit like, well, maybe it's a bit of A and a bit of B as well. You know, there, there's like some showmanship going on. There's some nothing to see here going on, you know. Um, we, we still don't have pictures of the shot down objects over America. So, and, and I imagine that would come up in the UAP hearings because, you know, they're unidentified and they were objects in, in the airspace. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really think we're going to, we'll get the hearings, but they're not going to be these spectacular things where they wheel out the bodies again and, you, you know, show, show off all these incredible sorry patterns. sorry dan wheel out the bodies again when did they last wheel them out I'm just, uh, <laughs> did you did you see something that we, uh, i didn't oh i yeah that was a freudian slip yeah. right <laughs> but listen listen we've not talked about that too much given we've been quieter for a few weeks recording these not to sidetrack too much but regarding those shutdowns we won't recover that old ground since then there were some releases of videos or photographs not just us but from other countries where we have seen objects being shot down by various military personnel not ufos in the sense that we talk about ufos but unidentified objects that were likely adversarial technology surveillance drones hobby balloons that stuff was released that that was fine is it fair to say at this point the three objects that may or may not have been shot down by the us we're not going to see that stuff released we're not going to find out what it was and it's best probably in the short term to move on from that because it's not coming out yeah i'd say you're right um you you know they've issued i think two and i say they the dod have issued um two notices now that they're not going to be releasing the evidence um for whatever reason pictures yeah for whatever reason and there could be multiple reasons right like a lot of people kind of think that that means that, you know, they're not denying it's aliens, therefore it's aliens, mm-hmm. when it simply means that it has intelligence value, which could be anything from don't show the world that the U.S. spent, you know, almost millions uh, shooting down a, a small hobby balloon. Um, it could be we don't want China to know that we know that they know, you know, like that. those yeah. kind of the games, right? Um, but, yeah, we're, we're not going to see anything from them. Um, and it, it's it's weird to kind of see that emotion and see in the myth building happening because a lot of people are already calling this. Uh, I saw someone on Reddit comment that we just witnessed a modern day Roswell. And I was like, did we? But also I kind of understand I, where they're coming yeah, from. <laughs> I've seen a lot of that comment from various different people as well. And I, I, I like you, I get it, but I don't think so. I don't think we're going to look back on these events in 20, 30, 40 years and go, ah, that was aliens or that was something exotic. I don't think it was. For me, and this might change, my opinion on a lot of things tends to be fluid. I think they've made a point of not setting a precedent by releasing this stuff to go, okay, here's the footage, here are the pictures, because then what happens next time? We're not releasing it. Oh, why not? You released it last time. So they're better just sticking to their quote-unquote guns and saying, no, we're not releasing it. Because <laughs> once they do, it's, well, you've done it once, you can do it again. And they're better just keeping up the, the frustration. Not that I agree with it. You know, release it all. I'm happy to see, you know, whatever it is they've got. Um, people can cut that comment and use it wherever they like. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, realizing how that sounded. Well, all the Zack yeah. Snyder fans want those movies. <laughs> 100%, yeah. Yeah, release them all. Um, I, I get why 
not agreeing with it, but I get why they've probably just went, no, we're just not releasing it. They, you know, who are we answering to here? People like me and you, we've got no right to demand it. We're not US citizens. So anyone listening to this who is a US citizen, US taxpayer, I, I get that. They would say, well, we do have the right. And of course, you can absolutely scream to the heavens about that kind of stuff. They're still not going to to give in to the public's will on that, unfortunately, because that's just not how this kind of stuff works. So yeah, you, you I get that. A really important thing there. Um, I was speaking to a mutual friend who who knows Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, and there was a, a tweet a little while ago. I can't remember who it was from, but they said, uh, you know, we need Kirkpatrick to come into these hearings and we need him to bring all the evidence he has on anything anomalous and just dump it on the table and show us everything. Um, I fired that message off to the mutual friend and the mutual friend gave me an answer of just why, why would you do that? And after a bit of conversation, it, it just came down to like, what, what's the value in playing your hand instead of letting your adversaries be confused? If we're frustrated, imagine how China or Russia feels. <laughs> that, that's a positive thing to have uh, in terms of intelligence and that kind of soft power play. Yeah, hashtag thoughts and prayers for China and Russia on that one. Um, <laughs> I think you touched on this before, but we you mentioned uh, whistleblowers potentially having already come forward to testify to, to Arrow. Um That'll be, I take it, the James Fox comments that happened on the Amazing People podcast. I saw it shared on Twitter by uh, Mike Colangelo. Colangelo, sorry, Mike, whatever one it is, but yeah, Colangelo I'll go with. Sounds cooler. Um, so, Mike C. Yeah, Mike C, yeah. Um, <laughs> but on the, on the Amazing People podcast, James Fox said that, here are the bullet points, more than three whistleblowers have testified. I like the way he actually said it, though. He said, not one, not two, not three more than three um so he stopped short <laughs> he stopped short of saying four could be more um but more than three whistleblowers have testified to arrow the individuals have not gone public we don't know their names he said that as part of this that they confirmed ufo crash retrievals uh, ufo crash retrieval programs exist i'll come back to that one dan some whistleblowers are still employed in these programs and these whistleblowers can walk you inside the labs okay Going back to that point, because I think this would be one of the big things to come from it, UFO crash retrieval programs exist. Given what we've seen in recent months and, and years in terms of foreign adversarial tech, and I think we're past the point of doubting now that China at least has some very cool technology that the US would love to get their hands on, and no doubt vice versa. Is it fair to say that at least some of these types of programs are going to be about collecting foreign technology and not necessarily alien slash UFO technology. I, I can almost hear one of our listeners kind of saying foreign still means alien. Um, <laughs> but you're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, there's a whole host of reasons that a crash retrieval program could happen. Uh, we, we have a number of reports historically where kind of crashed craft were, were you know, sequestered away to, to bases and, and later out later on, uh, the authority said, you know, that was just a down satellite and things like that, um, which have now kind of entered into UFO law, but actually realistically could have been satellites or, or foreign platforms. Um, and they absolutely have to keep an eye out for this kind of stuff because it, it gives them information, right? There, there was a article about the, the Chinese balloon again and the kind of um, electronic signals it could have soaked up. Um, and so they're always looking to, to see, you know, what the adversaries are doing and, the crash retrieval program, you know, it's a vague enough term that retrieving anything that's crashed is basically the the bottom line for it. Um, part of me wonders if anyone in these programs had maybe 
seen something when they've been retrieving it and kind of misinterpreted the situation. Mm-hmm. So say, for example, you know, in the 70s, if Doris on, on a farm kind of sees a, a crashed, I don't know, aluminium kind of giant balloon, um, she'd interpret it as something slightly different because, you, you know, it's just out of her world kind of thing. And I always think with that one as well, and I suppose this is going back, ah, God, I would hate to think this kind of stuff still happens in modern day, but the use of live bodies or formerly live bodies in high altitude programs crashing to earth and then being either disfigured, burned badly, um, and then being identified as something else. And I know that's been something that's been rumoured for for various different events, such as even Roswell, that it was, you know, um, radiation, you know, it was radiation that had deformed... Um, prisoners of war things like that right and i get that's all kind of conspiracy stuff as well um sure surely not now um but i'm digressing on that one sorry so it's interesting though yeah 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 it's a whole different conversation and rabbit hole isn't it with that kind of stuff um i just think it's fair that if we're going to come forward and if someone's going to come forward and talk about crash retrieval programs that that can excite excite people all they like, but we have to hear something about why it's they think it's exotic, why they think it's that other, why they can tell us it's not Russian, it's not Chinese, it's not US, it's not unknown powers technology because of this. That that for me would have to be at least confirmed in the background. But I would love for the love of God to hear that in a public setting that you know we know it's that something we know it's not ours but then again is that i'm thinking out loud here sorry dan and sorry listener listeners is that then (laughs) is that too much yeah yeah is that then too much because you're then acknowledging you might as well say aliens at that point you know because if you say it's definitely not in that kind of setting the mainstream media that maybe has got half an eye on the subject then fully turns our head and goes, sorry, it's definitely not theirs because why? And then it becomes a bigger story as opposed to keeping it, as you say, coy, keeping it under wraps, aloof, you know, whatever kind of word you want to use around that. So, so yeah, that's one for me that we can talk about crash retrieval programs, but I don't doubt that some, if not many of these are about retrieving human tech from adversarial technology you know god even u.s technology that is from private contractors in the u.s that are doing things the government might not even know about and when it crashes it's fair game you know human error yeah. these things happen um yeah, 100%. God, can you imagine it was the u.s catching their own technology and having to back engineer it there's <laughs> Yeah, um, imagine like just just a you know a department of say the CIA kind of seeing DARPA's drone and not realizing because they don't talk to each other, right? Yeah, uh, yeah that's a that's a genuine worry. And and technically, I I would imagine that people like uh, sorry countries like China probably kind of uh, sent out a team to try and retrieve you know the balloons that were shot down if mm-hmm. they were theirs um which would be a crash retrieval operation right um so so we have to be careful with yeah setting our expectations the bit that's weird to me is that these people are in these classified programs and are talking about it when there there are very hefty kind of repercussions for doing things like that even even if you you know put aside all of these kind of maybe existent crazy classification levels um there's still a process for for going through and discussing classified information um in the legislation just passed we had uh 
Arrow was directed to uh, set up a, a kind of a, a secure compartment so people could, could send in classified information about legacy programs, exactly what we're talking about. But that's not set up yet. So comments like they'll take you into the lab and they're talking about it kind of, you, you know, a Metal Gear Solid when the little exclamation mark comes above the guy's heads. Mm-hmm. That, that's what my head does when I hear things like that. Because okay. I'm like, how? How are these people talking about this stuff? I don't understand. I'd like to thank Laird Superfood for sponsoring this episode. My nutrition has changed a lot over the last year since I decided to look after myself a little bit more, not just for me, but my family too. One constant though is my coffee, and you'll know I'm a big coffee lover. It's not just part of my morning, but my daily routine. Laird Superfood and their creamers have been a bit of a game changer for me and taking my coffee game to a whole new level. It's the perfect way to not only fuel your morning, but your whole day with organic, natural, plant-based ingredients. And for me, as a diabetic, there is no sugar from highly refined corn syrup. There's also a huge variety of snacks and protein options for you to try, all made with plant-based ingredients to keep you charged for whatever life takes you. Are you ready to feel more energised, focused and supported? Go to lairdsuperfood.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunset to sunrise. Use promo code THATUFO at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. But that's also some of the fun stuff to speculate and talk about. But like you say, it, it's a throwaway comment. And listen, I, I even commented last night on Twitter, uh, I love hearing James Fox talk. Um, he's one of my top people to speak to and just hear talk about the subject because he still comes across as someone who hasn't rehearsed what he said. He's not saying the same comments over and over and over. It's He really wants to spill the beans, but... He's, he's excited and a fan of the subject and I think that comes across when he talks and in his work as well so um, yeah thanks to, to James for kind of sharing those comments as well but Dan just to go back to what you said at the start you don't think we're going to get hearings this April given time scales and whatnot do you think we're still going to get them before the summer or by the summer? I'd say probably around the summer. You, you know, th- this month seems to be all the air in the media is now taken up with uh, Donald Trump being kind of arrested and everything that's going on there. You know, what comes of it? I, I have no idea. It's, again, that kind of balance between something actually happening and a bit of a dog and pony show for the media, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's just going to take up all the kind of mind share and discussion now this month. Um, and yeah, so it might be closer to summer that we kind of see the, these hearings. Can imagine I, Trump, I anyway. Yeah, I can imagine Trump in the in whatever it is his indictment plays a UFO card somewhere. That could always, you know, I wouldn't put it past <laughs> the Donald. Like the dude yeah. in black. In yeah. The <laughs> yeah. I mean, of all the people, uh, he would be one of the top top candidates for that kind of thing, along with Elon <laughs> Musk. Um, but hey ho, let's not get political. Uh, <laughs> knock knock. Who's there? Tom DeLong knocking on doors, Dan. This is what he did back in the day uh, before To The Stars Academy. And To The Stars Academy recently had their shareholder call. Now, actually, I'm going to correct myself and you'd be the first person to do it. Is it still To The Stars Academy? So it's To The Stars. Uh, that, to The Stars. And I actually noted that in my notes. So until okay. yesterday, I also would have asked that question. So. Okay, that that's fine. Because th- it was To The Stars to the Stars Academy, To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, TTSA. I mean, they have a, has many acronyms as ARO, UAP Task Force, you know, <laughs> AIMSOG. So it's just a thing with they, this topic. The, the way that um, Jim, I was going to say Steve Semivan then, James Semivan. Um, His friends about, call him Steve. 
um, spoke about the, the UFO work is that they call themselves to the stars, but that's their public benefit kind of mm-hmm. side of things. So they're yeah. not looking to make a profit with the UFO work. They're just looking to kind of get, get the word out more. Um, so you're a shareholder in Two of the Stars. Um, it was nothing massive. And just for disclaimers, folks, Dan, you put that money in long before I met you. And I think you said to me it was something like 40 or 50K that you put in, just a small amount. No, I think it was like about, about 320 pounds, English yeah. pounds, or British pounds even. Um, and so what yeah, happened on the call? Tell us, what, what were the kind of highlights from the call? So the main thing was just uh, asking shareholders to vote on the board members. Uh, we had to vote on whether we wanted Tom to stay where he was, Jim to stay where he was, and uh, Chris Miser as well, as well as Stan Spry. Stan Spry is interesting because he runs Cartel Entertainment, and they are the guys that help kind of fund and get uh, Monsters of California off the ground. So it, it's great that he's on the board because, you know, that's just production know-how and, and that just comes with experience. Um, and on that, was there any update on Monsters in California? Because I know you've <laughs> told me, but I think for the listeners, I'd like some of them would like to know because I am very excited for this. I know you are because this is Tom DeLong's one of his passion projects. It's a movie where I think we're expecting to see a lot of what Tom DeLong thinks about the UFO topic put forward in the format of a movie. Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree with yeah. that. You, you know, there's going to be, you know, some probably crude jokes and things like that kind of thrown in. But Artistic um, license as well. Yeah. <laughs> Artistic license, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to get a few ideas as to what Tom has been told, what he's been discussing, you, you know, especially for a general audience that doesn't do, you know, podcasts and sit on social media talking about UFOs. It's going to be a really kind of casual in for a lot of ideas, mm-hmm. um, kind of in the same way that Nope was, right? Like there was that one key idea that was a little different in there that, uh, spoilers for anyone that hasn't watched Nope, uh, just that, you know, we're looking at extremophiles instead of kind of flying craft. Um, and it just makes you think a little bit differently about the phenomena. So I'm hoping that Monsters will will contain a lot of that. But it's got a distribution deal, um, and basically they're working it out. Um, so I would imagine we're going to see that sooner rather than later. Tom was real excited about it on the call. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed that doesn't take too long. They mentioned kind of merchandise being designed and things. So they're probably just getting all the ducks in a row before kind of getting that out. Um, something interesting that was spoken about was... Uh, so they mentioned there's 19 projects in the works, all of which are kind of far enough along in development that they don't need Tom's personal time now. So he's able to go off with Blink and do his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but amongst those projects is uh, a project about how Putoff's work and his past with remote viewing and the UFO subject. And apparently there's a lot of stuff that we haven't heard from from Hal's background and it will be contained in this kind of film, which sounds interesting, right? Um, and then we had an update on the the Krata from Jim Semivan. The Krata, for those that aren't familiar, is to the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences agreement uh, with the U.S. Army to give them a bit of material, which was the bismuth bit from uh, Arts Part, so Linda Montenho, um, and let them study it. That program. Can I, just, can I just put that in layman's terms, even for people sure. like myself who are idiots? Um, that was a bit of supposed UFO debris that oh, sure. <laughs> Tom, yeah, Tom DeLong bought. Because what you said was perfectly right, but even I would have been like, what if I'm not too familiar with it? But yeah, a, a supposed bit of UFO debris, wasn't it, that they purchased yeah. from Linda Moulton Howe? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they've got the deal. But yeah, sorry, carry on. 
Uh, yeah, so that, that's exactly the deal. Um, apparently sent to Art Bell back in the day and kind of passed down. Um, so it, that's finally being studied. Apparently that program's still going. But when they kind of spoke about it, they said it was expanding to some na- national labs as well as involving and an, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but they didn't say the exact term. So uh, they, they said the established UAP study program in the USA, which to me is Arrow, um, but they didn't say the name. So I've got to kind of go, okay, you know, <laughs> I can't say that it's definitely that. But it's interesting that Arrow would get involved in studying materials like this. Here's an interesting question that I've just thought of off the top of my head, which is what I do. Now, long pause for effect. I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. I'm someone in possession of a piece of UFO debris, like Tom DeLong was, okay? And he gives us over to the US Army in an agreement. Yet we're talking about an army which is part of a government which supposedly has had or ha- has pieces or full intact craft. What do you do when someone hands you what is what, a pebble-sized piece of debris? Because it's quite small, isn't it? It's not big. Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. And then you potentially have a crashed craft somewhere. What, you know, what happens there? Because they have it or they don't. And I'm not saying the US Army know about all that kind of stuff, but say they don't have anything and it's how do you even begin to start to study that people like gary nolan have done some brilliant interviews in the past about how you begin to study this stuff why it takes so long to do it you don't just run a test and go yep it's alien that's not how it works but it's such a small piece compared to what the rumors are that already exists in the hands of private contractors that kind of thing as well so it's such a such a breadth of research there that Here's a tiny bit. Let's spend a long time researching it. And then we hear they've got crashed craft intact that they either can or can't work. I don't even know what I'm trying to ask here. It's, do you I, I guess what I'm getting at in a way? There's there, right? Like, yeah. they, again, there's that gamesmanship, that kind of pretending. Um, and I think this is why we're getting that kind of psyop talk because we think they have a crash craft and now they're pretending or they're studying kind of this chunk that they got from, you know, a radio host who passed it to a YouTube host who passed it to a a rock star. Yeah. Um, I think you're exactly right. And sounds awful when you say it like that, the radio host (laughs) gave it to the YouTube host who gave it to the rock star. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what we're looking at, right? Like realistically, you know, it kind of diminishes it a little bit, but essentially that's what it is and and they've still gotten to the point where the army's taking it and they're testing it so you you know this work is being done um even if you know that line of custody isn't you know anyone's kind of favorite thing um i would love but, to think just on that i would love to think i've got in my head now that they've got that little bit that's chipped off and that someone's given it to some scientist who basically walks up to a full craft in the lab and goes ah, oh, and places it on a chipped piece of the craft and goes yeah came off this one yeah. Do you think like, the craft came back alive once they slotted it? Maybe. Just in my head, as you said that, it kind of glowed How blue. Yeah. Like Independence Day when it goes and lifts yeah. up. Yeah. Ah, that was the bit. Yeah. Or like Superman's crystals, you know, when they put the crystal in the crystal yeah. thing. Yeah. Potentially. Um, hmm. I mean, okay. that'd be cool, right? Like, what, whatever happens at some point, and I doubt we'll ever see it, but I, I would love kind of the inside story on, on this 
kind of a whole series of events you, you know yeah. if it is a sign-off tell us when you're finished you know please like yeah explain just to us what's going yeah on. Let, let us know once it's done and no longer interesting that look it was but here's what happened because that would be a cool story um, yeah, and, and advertise the sequel when it's happening just so just so we can yeah. all get excited <laughs> yeah but yeah that's interesting on the on the piece and i, I don't think we'll ever hear any more about that unless we got a proper form of disclosure where they would come out and say yeah we've got a bit of one of those craft don't worry you know jim jim did say during the discussion that any results that are discussed have to be agreed upon by every single party involved so that's the labs that's uh the u.s army that's probably arrow now um plus ttsa so it's not just up to uh, sorry, TTS. Uh, it's not just up to, to the stars to kind of spill these beans. It, it needs to be done in a in a proper professional way, according to the contract that was agreed upon. And not Tom DeLong halfway through a world tour playing <laughs> Amsterdam's third night in a row and just goes, Do you know what? We just had some great news today, folks. Uh, yep, we found out this piece of craft is alien technology. Here's aliens exist. Take off your pants. And then he goes into it. Yeah. That, that would be very Tom DeLong, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. At, at, the, at the Glasgow gig would be good. Uh, when we're yeah, that'd be good. Um, any, anything more from the call? Um, just trying to think off the top of my head. I don't think so. All the board members were, were re-kind of, you know, voted back in, so that's going to carry on. Um, and, yeah, they, they were all the things touched on. I was hoping for a Q&A session, but that didn't happen. Um, I had a bunch of questions in, including, hey, Tom, do you want to come on that UFO podcast? Um, but I, I think there was a, another event the same day for people who had invested that 40, 50K uh, where they got those kind of private meetings and Q&As and stuff. So if anyone's listening who, who got to be a part of that, get, give, give us a shout. Yeah, apparently the Q&A happened an hour later. Ah, yes, the yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, the person animal wasn't on it. So yeah, there you go. Um, don't know why that was. Maybe it was for the big investors, you know. Yeah, hey-ho. Um, listen, uh, a couple of things just to finish off with, Dan, before I ask you, can I tell us what's on your radar this month? Uh, the Alien Signal article, I know a lot of people commented on this online. Um, this got a ton of engagement on, on the Twitter post. I literally retweet it from the website of The Independent, right? Um, my wife sent me on Twitter, uh, on whatsapp saying i take it you've seen this and i was like oh interesting and put it out on twitter and it got a whole load of engagement more so than anything i've put out so there we go here's how these things happen thanks to my well, wife. more than my keanu post with a bunch of puppies like i've, I've yeah. done some great posts but that one keeps coming back <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny what takes off isn't it um it was a bit of a clickbait headline wasn't it basically alluding to an alien planet and we found a coherent signal from it um I, I quite enjoy these articles, but some people didn't like it as much because they think it's clickbaity and, uh, you know, breaking news 2023, this is how, with print media being all but dead, this is how media organisations like The Independent, The Guardian, Daily Record, any of those newspapers, it's how they survive. New York Post, New York Times, all these types of organisations now rely on people clicking on articles, reading a headline, and the ads that pop up on those websites. That's that's how that's how media survives these days, unless you subscribe to New York Times, etc., to, to read and kind of keep them going. Um, but for me, I don't expect to see an article like that telling me that alien life has been discovered but i like to think when i click on those that maybe it leads to something i think it's a nice what if dan we talk about those don't we you know oh yeah but what if it led to this and for me it's like a uh three body problem type you know 
something's out there. We've picked up a signal and does it get followed up on? Because let's be fair, almost every one of these articles that's ever came out, any one of these stories, whether it's the, um, was it the gas on Venus that was one of the things last uh, year? The, the phosphine. Phosphine, yeah. yeah. It, it almost is always something quite mundane, relatively mundane, not to a scientist. They would find it really interesting, but it's it's not what we think. Um, so I was fully aware it wasn't going to be alien life. I'm but, wondering if there's a scientist out there who's like, my favorite material is phosphine. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, phosphine. Phosphine only fans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on, only phosphine. Um, but yeah, the... There's, there's, yeah, those articles for me, it's just a nice what if. I don't expect to ever see the alien life confirmed in an article. Click here to read more, okay? But maybe maybe one of these things one day gives something for a NASA or a James Webb to, to dig their teeth into and follow up on. And a lot of these studies tend to not be recent. They've been going on for a while, and this is just the results being released, you know. So it's not exactly, oh, last night we picked up a signal, War of the Worlds type style, and then it comes out. Um, yeah, you you like those articles too, don't you, in terms of the potential, the what if, the science yeah. behind it. Yeah. What yeah, are we finding cool. out there in the universe? And, and I think you're exactly right to kind of comment on that headline as well. You, you know, the only reason someone's going to be annoyed with that article is if they read it, think that they actually mean, oh, we found aliens, and then... Uh, they actually read the article and find out that wasn't the case. Um, so yeah, just pinch of salt when people are reading kind of news media. Uh, you know, those headlines are designed to get you to click um, with the term alien planet, what planet aside from Earth is an alien, you, you know? Um, so keep those expectations in check. It, like you say, it'll, it'll come from a bigger place. But the the idea that electromagnetic fields can kind of produce radio signals when interacting with things like suns or stars in their solar systems uh, is kind of amazing. You, you know, 30, 40 years ago, that was a almost revolutionary idea. And, and now we know that, or we think we know that a planet needs an electromagnetic field to be able to harbor life, that it's kind of one of the key ingredients. So it's amazing that we're able to kind of figure out that fingerprint and, and, identify that from so so far away i can barely see to the end of the street you, you know i need glasses and these guys are seeing a bajillion miles <laughs> and mm. detecting these invisible fields it, it's really incredible and that's exactly the kind of work that's going to lead to us identifying candidates to study further they, there was a, a little while back i think it was jimmy church uh, had linda malton Howe on the show and they were talking about the james webb telescope finding uh, life and that they'd confirmed it and things like that and your comment about how long this work takes uh <laughs> to be released or you know to be analyzed and released kind of speaks to when you hear things like that why you should take them with such a pinch of salt because this work takes a long time because they they wouldn't present it you know on fade to black as opposed to a, a, a you know european space agency and nasa joint announcement type thing uh, so yeah, I you're, you're totally right. I love those articles, but unfortunately, it wasn't aliens, but it was a baby step towards being able to identify the kinds of planets that can harbor alien life. But it was a literal alien signal. Yeah, literal in yeah, the truest sense of the word. I, 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 yeah, that and like you also pointed out, I think to someone online that it's funny how it says alien planet, and you're like, well, yeah, they're all alien planets because yeah, <laughs> they're all not Earth. Um, Oh, unless twist, it was Earth. And yeah, we're looking at Earth in the future or past. Here we go. Um, and very quickly, Dan, just to touch so, on maybe. that, <laughs> while we're talking about 
the the universe and science and all that kind of stuff. The first crewed moon mission is due to take place next year. Uh, first time in over 50 years. And the crew is Commander Reed Wiseman, Pilot Victor Glover, Mission Specialist 1, Christina Hammock-Cock, Koch, sorry if I've got that wrong, and Mission Specialist 2, Jeremy Hansen. That's the crew who are going to lead up the Artemis mission, I believe. Ben Hansen. Uh, ben Hansen could be well up for that, I'm sure. <laughs> um, Jeremy Hansen is Jeremy Corbellin, Ben Hansen's adopted love child. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the crew who's going to the moon. Excited about that? First time in over 50 years? Very excited. Um, they, the whole thing that they're doing is kind of setting up a station for further missions. Um, so again, it, it's one of those little baby steps to when, when you kind of read uh, a sci-fi book or watch a movie and we're out in space kind of traveling around and we've got all these established colonies and ring worlds and, you know, we live on asteroids. This is where that starts. Um, so we kind of need that kind of launch pad in space to kind of go from there. And chances are the Mars missions will go from there in the future and things like that. So it just gives us a bit of a leg up in terms of not having to to expend so much goddamn fuel getting out of this gravity well, uh, we can start from the vacuum instead of, uh, you know, the surface of Earth. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think there's always that, bringing it back to UFOs. What are they going to see up there? Are we going to get some 4K live stream on the go, live shots of the moon? Because all we've got, which is crazy to think about, is stuff from 50 years ago, you know, with old camera footage, old cameras and yeah, we've not been back, but Dan, the question is why? But that's for another podcast and another time. Um, or you can tune into Gaia TV and watch why <laughs> we have not been back to the moon. Uh, Four-part series starring, I won't name anyone. Um, but yeah, no offence to anyone who watches Gaia TV. Um, question from Ernie out in LA. I love the name Ernie, Ernie. by the way. Uh, yeah probably a name that's dying out i like that one but out in los angeles says andy and dan acknowledging the fact that no one knows for sure i'm always curious where your current theories are regarding what the others actually are future humans cosmic travelers multi-dimensional beings at this very moment dan we've not talked about that one for a while but quickly from you what's what's your kind of theory at the minute where do you sit I mean, I, I love my kind of out there science, so I've got to go with a bit of everything. Uh, you know, we've been told the universe is teeming with life, so I, I can't imagine it's anything less than, than a bit of everything. Uh, but the whole advent of chat GPT is making me think, well, if we're designing something that can help humanity, then in a hundred years, what does that look like? Is it going to give us plans for a time machine and say, hey, go back here and start nudging humanity in this direction? Even an appearance of the... Uh, east coast of the united states of america to a pilot named david fravor will change everything so so make that appearance you know throw the throw the rock in the river there and see what happens um the other part of me thinks that some of what we're seeing is extremophiles um that is life that can survive in in really crazy conditions um and it's something that we just don't expect so a very nope kind of idea there but uh yeah the, the more i read about things like earth lights and things like that playing with people and toying around we always hear that those descriptions um i i think we might be seeing some some strange form of life there it's a very big question and i think i'd end up answering the same as you but i'll narrow my answer down to what the u.s army is coming into contact with which isn't foreign adversarial tech which some of it will be i think they're seeing a mix of some kind of drone from some other species that was either left behind here and has been here for a long time or is visiting from elsewhere and doing a bit of recon for whatever reason. And 
I think now and again they come across something that's piloted, manned, you know, as such, using that manned, quote-unquote, mankind, um, and yet isn't human. So, yeah, good question. Always nice to think about because it changes from time to time. Um, to round every up week, that, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, almost every week, yeah. Um, to round up, uh, what are you up to this month? Because you are out in Colombia, and for those who may not know, you're going to be working on a project. That's right. Yeah. So so I'm here in Colombia. Literally, I'll be meeting uh, Vinny of Disclosure Team today and a whole bunch of other awesome folk. And we're going to be looking at uh, a phenomena on a mountain uh, called La Pena de Huayca. And these things are called the dancing lights. Last year, we got footage of them. Um, but as cool as the footage was, a lot of people had ideas like maybe it's hikers with torches and things like that. So this year we're going to be testing a lot of those ideas and, and we've got thermal drones and tri-field meters. So the idea is that we can kind of answer some questions about uh, the, this absolute enigma that is transfixed the, the towns near the mountain and hopefully shed a little light on the UFO mystery along the way. Uh, a TV show is being made as we go. So this will be season two of Phenomenology. The first season is up. Uh, you, you know, you can go rent that if you want to. Um, but I'll, I'll be posting, um, and so will Vinny, uh, a whole bunch of things on social media, kind of daily diaries, those kind of things um, as we go. So hopefully we get some exciting footage and, and we find some amazing things. Awesome. And this is off the back of your recent success with uh, Kim Kardashian. I believe you were doing some filming. <laughs> I may have made that up. I don't know. may have got it mixed up. Um, to, to any listeners who want to know what that's referencing, just just go Google Kim Kardashian, Dan Zetterstrom, and it will pop up. And tragically, you will get the correct search result when you search that <laughs> as well, which is which is, which is is sad, given you all Dan's hard work. Like Photoshop and, and yeah. putting it in just to kind of saturate with all your hard work across many, many fields, Dan, with many, many different people, what you're famous for is uh, some. No, I won't spoil it. People can go look. Um, <laughs> and yeah, um, so I get there's been nothing out earlier this week, folks, but uh, this breakdown, uh, Dan's going to be more free towards the end of the month. Uh, he's going to have a busy couple of weeks, but we'll maybe get something recorded in the middle of it with an update. And if there's any more news, if hearings come up, um, the interview with Graham Rendell it had to be descheduled by a few days because Graham had a bad cold. So he's that'll be out in the next day or so as well. And there'll probably be another show out, if not Saturday, Sunday, by Monday as well, then back to normal scheduling too. So thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for listening. Um, if you've not left, listened to it yet, check out the preview for April. So you know the guests that are coming up this this month um and i look forward to speaking to you soon thanks very much that is all for this week's show thank you very much for listening please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform you can like retweet and subscribe that would all be very much appreciated the shows are being uploaded onto youtube as we speak more and more you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that ufo podcast to access the shows ad free as well please get in touch on twitter facebook instagram that ufo podcast of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, UAPAM. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer. A little Baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Fuck. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little Meditated game of fate 
imagine. I can't imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was. Like, you awake? I was about to abduct you, cuz. back and nearly kissed myself and I climbed out the window after the elf and I woke up in my bed and there was something on my head and everything was weird and everything was wet. I called out to my boys. They thought this was noise. They thought it was a dream. They thought it was my toys. They thought it was my problems and I think I should seek therapy and I don't know what it is because it doesn't really scare me. UFO podcast is sponsored by Zencaster. Zencaster is the all-in-one podcasting platform that allows you to remotely record and produce your show with the highest quality audio and video. All from the main dashboard, you can find a full suite of professional tools to get your show created and published in the easiest way possible. You'll always sound at your best as Zencaster's post-production takes the headache out of audio production, setting your loudness and levels while reducing background noise with one click. Zencaster records video up to four to give you the perfect picture quality whether you're in a shed or a studio then Zencaster will distribute your video podcast in crisp 1080p to all video podcast players the biggest feature for me folks is I get the local file recording from each guest so their audio always comes through as best as it can regardless of any choppy internet connections go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use code UFO podcast and you'll get 40% off your first three months of Zencaster professional I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs, it's time to share your story.